Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello there, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of Dream Business Academy, founder of No Hassle Newsletters, which is my extraordinary done-for-you newsletter program, now serving over 1,200 small business owners in nine countries. But most importantly, I am the host of Dream Business Radio, now in its 10th year. This is episode 528. We're celebrating with another fantastic live edition with a really Great guest today, Nick Loper. Nick, how are you doing? Doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you. And um, before we jump in, before I got to do my own little spot here, this episode of Dream Business Radio Live is brought to you by the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Why? Because it's my show. <laughs> so if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner is tired of slow to no growth in your business, if you're feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, and especially really, really, especially if you'd like to create multiple streams of revenue in your business, then you want to be part of this extraordinary mastermind led by me, Captain Jim. And you can find out more information at Dream Biz Coaching. That's dreambizcoaching.com. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Nick. This is going to be a very, very fun show. Nick is an author, a multi-author, entrepreneur, a lifelong student in the game of business. His latest role is that of chief side hustler at Side hustlenation.com. It's a growing community and resource for aspiring and part-time entrepreneurs. He's been making his living online since before it was cool. Seems like there was a country. So I was country before it was cool. Nick probably doesn't listen to country music, but anyway, he's been making a living online before it was cool. Anyway, he's picked up a thing or two about small businesses, marketing and outsourcing. He's happy to share the experience with fellow entrepreneurs, which is why he is coming on this show. He is the host of the top-rated Side Hustle Show podcast, and he explores different ideas each week, helping listeners discover the path to new job-free income streams. Nick, once again, welcome to Dream Business Radio. How you doing, my friend? You bet. Well, thanks for having me. It's like uh, that old Brad Paisley song, so much cooler online. Yes. <laughs> I know. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so Five, I, episode 528, you and 528? I are in a similar place. You know, Is I'm that just right? A, just past 500 episodes as well. So um, yeah, awesome to talk to another another fellow media host here. Somebody who didn't give up after the 59th episode, right? It's so easy. It's so easy doing this every week for 10 years now. But there must be a reason you're doing it. So anyway, my loyal listeners always love not only the tips and strategies and things like that, but they always tell me. I love the backstories. They love to be inspired. So I'm sure you didn't just wake up one day and create Side Hustle Nation, um, figuring out what it's like to be an entrepreneur without direct deposit paycheck and paid vacation. Tell us a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur, Nick. It's an intimidating leap to make to say, yeah, can I really cut my own paycheck? For me, mm -hmm. it was... Uh, painting houses in college was a very formative experience. Mine was through, um, there are several of these different outfits. Mine was through uh, one called College Works Painting. Uh, there's 
student painters, there's College Pro, but they all kind yeah. of operate similarly where, you know, we're going to assign you a, a zip code, we're going to assign you a territory, and we're going to show you how to estimate jobs and set you set you free into the wild and see how many, uh, how many jobs you can go and sell. Pay off those student loans. <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, it was pretty intimidating in a lot of ways, like, you know, rolling up to my territory, you know, some rainy March uh, afternoon in, in the Northwest and sitting in my truck, trying to psych myself up to go knock on that first door. Cause that's like, well, how are you going to get customers? You're going to go cold calling for them. It's like, all right, you know, build up the nerve to go do it. Knock, 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 you know, anybody home? I think, you know, <laughs> thankfully nobody was home at that first house. Like, okay, that wasn't so bad. You know, you go on to the next one and you get your spiel down. Uh, but that was my first taste of working for profits and not wages. And it was a bunch of 19-year-olds with paint sprayers. It was an exercise in problem solving. Everything that can goes wrong, can go can go wrong, does go wrong. And it was, uh, but it was really cool to stand back at the end of the week and say, look at the transformation that we made to this house. And look, stand back at the end of the summer and say, hey, we did that uh, a couple dozen times. And that was really cool. Um, from there... Um, started dabbling in online business first with a internship with uh, this Seattle family-owned uh, shoe store that mm. in the early days of the internet had this wild and crazy idea. Well, what would happen if we put some of our inventory online? Would anybody buy it? By the before time I came Zappos, on, you mean? Yeah, pre-Zappos, like before. <laughs> I think they started like in '96 uh, out of this you know single location brick and mortar shoe store. And by the time I came on board as their uh, lowly marketing intern. Of course, the online portion of their business had grown way, way faster. And so that was my first taste of e-commerce and affiliate marketing and SEO and pay-per-click advertising, all sorts of, of things that ended up being really valuable experience early on. So I took that and became an affiliate of theirs for my original side mm. hustle, which was a comparison shopping site for shoes. As I was working corporate post-graduation, this was like my baby. This is what I was like building nights and weekends, coming yeah. home from coming home from work, trying to sell shoes on the internet. And uh, it was three years of nights and weekends before I got up the nerve to turn in the keys to the company car and uh, and give my notice and become a full time. It didn't happen uh, overnight for you, unfortunately. No, I remember. <laughs> I, I do remember kind of the empowering moment of of still living relatively frugally and making <laughs> enough money from the side business to like pay for my rent and being being so empowered going into work the next day after having done the math on like what you made last month and was like this job is gravy like i don't even need like you know if if it all went away tomorrow like i'd still be okay and that was like a really cool empowering moment uh, to try and uh, try and get to to get the side business to cover your expenses that is so awesome you have a very good website by the way sidehustlenation.com and I know I saw um, you write, this is about the experiments along the way. It's the journey, but it's also about building a future of real financial freedom. And yes, you can steer your own financial destiny. Share a little bit about, a little more about how you finally did that, which I guess you just did. It took a, a couple of years before you turned in the car to uh, your former employer. Yeah, this is, you know, on the one hand, it's positioning everything as an experiment and business owners, your audience is like going to be well familiar with this already. In my, for me, it was like, how do I lessen the sting of the inevitable failures that come along the way? And it was, you know, starting with knocking on doors, like what would happen if I said this instead of this, like, like doing A-B testing, split testing, like on a very small scale, oh, this, this line tends to get a better reaction or this line gets some laughs, like, okay, let's go with that. 
Um, but positioning everything as an experiment, um, at least for me, has been helpful in like, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to give it 30 days, 90 days. I'm going to see what happens. See if I like doing right. it. See what kind of reaction it gets in the market. And then we're going to reevaluate. And then and if it doesn't work, like, okay, that's not uh, a death sentence. It's not a, uh, you know, you are a horrible failure. It's okay. Let's dust off. Let's try something next. Uh, try something different. Uh, the next time, but really steering your own destiny. This is where uh, the side hustle nation name comes from. Comes from an old baseball coach of mine. He's like, "Look, you're going to have bad days at the plate. You're going to have bad days in the field. Hustle never slumps. This is one element of your game that you always have control over." And so that was something that really stuck with me from you know age ten, eleven, twelve, or whenever that was to today. It's like, okay, I can always control my effort, my own hustle. And it's not necessarily, uh, you know, burning the candle at both ends, not necessarily, you know, rise and grind hustle 24 seven, like that stuff is not sustainable, but it is, you know, if you're going to be putting in the effort, you got to be, uh, proactive about it. You know, I, re I was reading on your website and, um, it's, it, it was interesting to me because I think of a side hustle. Obviously, I, I an entrepreneur. I live in the entrepreneurial space, so I'm thinking like an entrepreneur. But it, it's interesting to me that a side hustle, which could be entrepreneurial in nature, may be different if it's if you still have a job, right? So, do people look at like why do people create side hustles? You know, to make money. I'm guessing to pay off debt, um, escape the rat race, to have vacation. Do people? In your experience, by the way, I'm known for very long questions because I just, but to people who start the side hustles, are they looking just to do something a little extra or is it, I'm going to dip my toe in the entrepreneurial water and see if I can turn it into something full time. Do you have any experience with that? Yeah, I think you hit on the big motivational factors like, yeah, I'd like to make extra money, but well, why, you know, what's, you, know, you try and peel back the layers. Well, why is that important to you? And ultimately it comes back to, you know, I'd love to be able to call my own shots, to be in charge of my own destiny, to mm. be in control of my own calendar. And if it eventually becomes the thing that replaces the day job income, that's a really empowering place to be. And that's kind of the, the goal for a lot of people. And I'll say too, on the other end of the spectrum, some people are like, look, if I can make an extra 500 bucks a month to pay down debt or build up a yeah. vacation fund. Like that would just, just a little bit of breathing room in my budget. Like that would be a win. And oftentimes those people find like, okay, once I've had a taste, like, Oh, how, how deep does this uh, rabbit hole go? Like, okay, this is pretty fun. It really is. a. Um, I, I want to say it's a pretty safe way, right. To, to, to try entrepreneurship because yeah, it's you're a not, lower risk brand. Yeah. It's a, yeah, very good. Um, you have a very good blog. Uh, I was checking out. It's one of the way I do research. I look at all the blog posts. Um, so I'm just going to tee off on a couple of the titles because people might be curious, like what is a side hustle? And there's, I'm going to say hundreds. You're probably going to say, Jim, there's thousands, right? Um, how to start a commercial cleaning business on the side and generate $100,000 in nine months. I'm guessing from the very specific nature of your headlines, this is somebody you interviewed or that you know about. Yes, this was an interview, and that's a very common um, headline formula for me. Like, oh, this financial result in this amount of time, yeah. And sometimes, like overcoming, you know, that little objection, even if you had, had no ideas to start with, or even if you're still working a full time job or whatever. Um, but yeah, in this case, a couple out of New Hampshire were 
trying to figure out how to make extra money, looking specifically for something that they could do after hours. Had a couple young kids. And so they'd bring the grandparents in at night, you know, after they put the kids to bed and they'd go out and do these commercial cleaning jobs. And then eventually like, well, other people might be interested in mm. this type of moonlight side hustle. Why don't we just go hire them? And then we could, and we don't have to go do it ourselves. So it was really interesting. Like, oh, we can bid this job based on the price we think we're going to have to pay a cleaner and then double that. So we have margin for our own overhead and marketing expenses and some profit left over. And I was like, this is kind of cool because it's like in comparison to residential cleaning, like a lot less personal in a lot of ways, like a lot of, you know, yeah. if I'm going to let somebody into my home. Like, oh, I kind of want to have a, like a background check kind of process, mm -hmm. like for restaurants and stuff like, uh, they need it done almost on a nightly basis. And so lots of, you know, recurring revenue opportunities. I thought it was a really interesting, uh, business, but yeah. Uh, and I've come across you know, hundreds of examples of these. It's just, uh, never, never a dull moment. One of them really took me by surprise. How to start a six-figure car rental business on the side. I mean, is that, um, there was an app that I used when we were living on the boat that you people would let you use their car for certain prices. Is that what you're talking about or is it something more yeah, simple Yeah, this one, that? it was very app-driven in this, in his case, was through the Turo app, T-U-R-O. Yes, that was it. Yep. And I just made my first uh, booking uh, through Turo for a trip to Denver coming up in a couple months, like, all right. Well, I've never done this before. We'll see what happens. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's Jeep hopefully meets us at the airport. Um, but yeah, in his case, it was kind of this math game, almost like an arbitrage game of like, well, here's going to be my cost to finance the car. Here's what I think I can rent it out for on a daily basis. Here's what I think the occupancy, so to speak, is going to be uh, if I can rent it out 20 days a month, 25 days a month. And, you know, here's my insurance expense and you know mm -hmm. it's like is there any margin left over like okay in my case yes now lather rinse repeat build up the fleet quit my job it was i mean it's the same build model that fleet <laughs> i think he had 14 cars you know between him and a couple partners. oh my gosh and it was I mean, it's the same model of hertz and avis and budget but just on a smaller scale just doing it locally so that was one that i mean cars make me nervous like so much liability involved mm. but if you got the insurance in place and you kind of like aren't personally attached to them you start to look at them as assets instead of you know yeah it's not transportation your for your family yeah. yeah it was interesting because when we were traveling on the boat we'd stop a lot of times on the coast we'd be in small towns and there was one particular time at thanksgiving we wanted to try and get to my sister's and uh, but it was time was so small. There's no rental car place, or there was one, and they had two cars, and they were taken. And I don't know how we found it, but that was our first experience with Turo's like three years ago. But it yeah. worked out really, really. We got this very nice Honda, and we, I mean, we drove it like three three hours each way, and it was I don't know what it was like fifty bucks or something ridiculously inexpensive. But um, so I'm curious about. Um, because my wife, Stephanie, does podcast editing now, and she uses Canva, which is, um, I'm sure you know what that is, obviously, yep. the, the art program. But one of your titles, 15 Ways to Make Money Using Canva, or up to $10,000 a month. So is this how non-artists create art for online marketers, or how do they do that? Well, Canva is just an incredible piece of software, even on the free version, like the stuff mm -hmm. that you could do, the templates that they have to make different, I don't know, social media designs, uh, YouTube thumbnails. That's like kind of how I use the software infographics. It's really cool, but, um, you can create and sell your own templates. You can create you know, like printable products and send those off to Etsy. You can create 
t-shirts and send them up to Redbubble or Merch by Amazon. It really is an interesting platform that has kind of empowered a generation of non-designers, like non-Photoshop level, skill level people to go out and uh, create something that looks halfway decent and other people might want to buy as well. Yeah. It reminded me of um, a time, gosh, let me think at least I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I could be slightly off, but um, I had a client in the photography business and when digital cameras started coming out, everybody's now a photographer because you can just fix everything right in the camera and stuff. And I mean, legitimately, a lot of photographers' businesses started going down. I wonder if Canva is going to have an impact on graphic designers. You know what I mean? It is interesting. Some of the, you know, the uh, the rise of AI, lots of AI writing tools, AI graphics tools. I don't know if you play around with uh, Descript at all, but like this is a, mm-hmm. you know, edit video by editing text. Like it automatically transcribes it. And you're just like, I don't want that line in there. It chops it out of the video from you. If you ah. messed up a line, it can do like overdub. If you fed it enough of your own audio, really? it can, you know, speak for you. It's like, oh, this is getting dangerous, but it's- uh, hey, Now what's that cool program? Stuff. I got to write this down. It's called Descript.com. Descript.com. Got to check that one out. Um, so in other words, the, what I just read, the 15 ways to make money using Canva. So what are so obviously doing podcast graphics. Do, what else does Canva do? Um, anything graphic design related. So social media graphics, YouTube thumbnails, mm. you know, T-shirt designs, logo designs. Got um, it. It's kind of a... a, a powerful, you know, graphics tool. It's all web-based. Um, and so people are using it, create, like I, you know, would make uh, workbooks in there for some of my programs, um, which I originally tried to make like in Microsoft Word. And my assistant was like, Nick, Microsoft Canva, Word. Canva. you got to use Canva. I was like, really? I don't. And then I was like, oh yeah, she was right. Yeah. Well, it's so much easier to do. You sound like me when somebody says, Jim, you ought to use this. I'm like, I don't want to learn something new. (laughs) Yeah. I was totally like the old uh, curmudgeon guy. Like, no, 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 this is, this will be better. Like, no, she was right. (laughs) So you've published, I didn't even count how many books you published, but I was, went to your Amazon page. You published a lot of books, including the title, the side hustle, how to turn your spare time into a thousand dollars a month or more. What are the, um, the three business models that you write about? Like how to, what are the three silos most often used for a side hustle? Yeah, well, I'm trying to catch up to uh, your uh, publishing prowess here. <laughs> I see all your all your covers uh, behind you there. Uh, yeah, so the side hustle, this is free on Kindle uh, for anybody in the U.S. store, sidehustlenation.com slash book. Uh, we'll get you over there. What this is all about is the three main business models that not just side hustles fall under, but almost any business in the world's going to fall under one of these three is selling a product it's selling a service or it's selling an audience who's creating a content-based business which is where i've spent most of my time is in this audience-based mm-hmm. business just because it has more ultimately more what do you time mean by leverage. that what do you mean by selling an audience so it's um think about like facebook and google as two examples of really big audience-based businesses okay. they built the tool they built the platform that is helpful, that is entertaining, uh, and they attract people to that and they monetize with advertising and affiliate relationships. Um, in my case, mostly advertising and affiliate relationships, like on a much smaller scale than obviously either of those two. Um, but then on the product and the service side, like very, uh, simple to start, usually pretty low overhead to start, especially on the service side, like mm-hmm. stick my, stick my flag out the window and say, Hey, I'm a bookkeeper. I'm a dog walker. I'm a window washer. Like you name it, uh, you know, very low 
low overhead, low startup costs to uh, to get going there. So interesting. Um, you wrote another book, a um, hundred ways. It was actually says a thousand, hundred thousand dollars, hundred ways how real people make real money on the side, and you can too. Um, so you you write about the power of a thousand. First, before I go on, what did you mean about the power of a thousand? Is that just like a mindset thing? Yeah, this is kind of just. Um, you know, $10 is nice, $100 is nice, but $1,000, like all of a sudden, it starts to be pretty meaningful to somebody's budget, to somebody's income at the end of the year. And there was some data that, you know, half the population doesn't have $1,000 in an emergency fund or something. So it's like, right. okay, this is a significant uh, milestone for a lot of people. And this was a chance, uh, I know it's a tongue twister of a title. I call it the 1K 100 Ways book. So 1K100ways.com is okay. the redirect uh, to get over to the Amazon listing for that. But this was a chance to showcase the incredible breadth of creativity and business models inside the Side Hustle Nation community. And this was um, just you know putting putting out the call, like, hey, do you have... A business? Do you have a side hustle that's earned this amount, uh, either on a monthly basis or cumulatively so far? You know, let's hear about it. How did you come up with that idea? How'd you get your first customers? How do you market this thing? What would you do differently if you had to start over? And kind of told in parallel, so you can really compare page to page and see what uh, what has worked for these different entrepreneurs. It's very interesting. Um, you know, I was reading the uh, table of contents in that book, which kind of reads like a checklist of side hustles, <laughs> um, knife. And oh, before I, before I go there, it's, my tired brain just kicked back in. I want to ask. So a couple of minutes ago, you're talking about affiliates, right? As selling to an audience. Um, I've always been fascinated with affiliate marketing. Um, so most recently my exposure to that was in these different boaters group that I was part of, or people that you would follow, right. That have been doing it a long time. And they say, Oh, yeah. you ought to get to use this. Here's a link to my, you know, my product name is like, is that, is that, is that how people are making money? Like by creating a following through a blog or by things they know how to do, or yeah, that, very, do I have that correct or go ahead and expand on that. Yeah. Very common in the blogger space, YouTuber space, like where I've, uh, you know, establish my credibility. Here's my review of this boating product. Um, you know, check my affiliate link in the description below. Like you see mm -hmm. a lot of that um, in the footwear website that I was running for lots of years. Like it was a kind of data driven affiliate business. We pull in the catalogs from Zappos, from Amazon, from all these other retailers, tell you where you can find the best price, add in the coupon, like, you know, and send people off on their way and earn affiliate commissions in that way what people are like where i've seen people have some success recently is in what i'll call the modern comparison shopping site where you're creating kind of like very long tail bottom of the buyer funnel type of content you know product x versus product y this brand versus this brand and it's like you know people have uh you know gone through their initial research they've done their uh they've done their diligence now they're just kind of like they've narrowed it down to the these two or three choices and they're looking for somebody to help them make their decision i know exactly what you're talking about we were looking for something recently i don't know if room heater or something and all these sites came up and it had the look and feel of like the consumers report website yeah but it could have been like the five five best space heaters.com right and <laughs> so somebody went and reviewed them and every one of those links went to an Amazon or some other page, those were affiliate links, correct? Yeah, likely. Very cool. 
I was surprised how many there were. I mean, I guess, you know, why not? It's big, it's big business, right? You, if you're good at SEO and, and, and creating these websites for, and I'm, I'm guessing there's probably, you know, a, a huge amount of people, but each person has a scad load of these websites. They're, you call them review sites, right? Yeah, those types of review sites or those types of comparison, you know, the modern comparison shopping sites where, mm. uh, especially if you're in operating in a niche, like the wire cutter does an amazing job on product reviews, like across the whole spectrum. And it's obviously under the New York Times umbrella. So it has like really high domain authority and all these backlinks. So the way that a side hustler, a kind of scrappier entrepreneur might go about that is just starting with one niche. Like I'm going to review... Uh, you know, home fitness products. Like if you want to have a killer home gym, here's what it's going to be. You know, this is, you know, what I use for my uh, squat rack, or this is what I use, you know, for these like resistance bands or whatever. Like, and you can kind of create the content uh, around that and build up the topical authority. Very cool. Um, so anyway, I was going jump back to my previous question yeah, in the book. All good. Um, you talk about knife and tool sharpening, pressure washing, home organizer. And I'm like, What's involved if somebody says like home organizer, I'm pretty good at that. How do they, what, what are some of the steps somebody would go to if that was like, wow, I should do that on the side. Cause I'm really good at that. What, how do you go about doing that? Like what's step one, two, and three in your opinion? Yeah. In that in the example of home organizing, that's very, uh, very straightforward to hopefully find a few friends and family to be, you know, patient zero uh, testimonials mm -hmm. for you. Like, Hey, let me come in. Maybe I'll give you a sampler platter. Like I'll do this closet or I'll do this dresser or this drawer for you. And if you like it, could you leave me a uh, review on my you know newly minted Google My Business profile or my newly minted Yelp profile? And you can just kind of start to build up some authority here. Um, you can kind of play the referral game. And this, you know, really for any business, I'm trying to think of, well, who are my target customers already doing business with? And instead of going like direct hand-to-hand -hand combat, especially for a business to consumer type of business, like, right. I, you know, like I was going door to door, like, okay, what's the more efficient way to go about that? Like who are they already doing business with? And so maybe that's partnering with a home cleaning service for referrals. Like, Hey, do you have anybody who uh, you, you recommend for home organizing? Like, Hey, you know, while you're out on the job, would you mind passing off my card? Maybe you give them a 10% referral fee. Maybe you don't, mm. maybe it's just, you know, and vice versa, like while you're out on the job, Hey, do you need a cleaner? Like, Hey, here's my recommended cleaning service. And so I'm trying to think of people like that. And like for me in the painting business, instead of going door to door in year two, it was a booth at the Seattle home show, you know, over the course of the weekend, like 70,000 people or something like it were going through this, you know, uh, convention. It's like, oh, this was a lot more efficient than going knocking on doors, trying to do hand-to-hand -hand combat. But thinking about those uh, strategic partners or those referral partnerships. And then finally, like after you've kind of validated the idea with real customers, real dollars, it's like, then I kind of go through the process of creating the website and building mm -hmm. out the more officially branded presence. This the, and the reason for that is like, it's time consuming. It's not expensive to do, but it's just kind of like putting the cart before the horse in a lot of ways. We're like, okay, is this something that I enjoy doing? Is this something that has some legs? So it really sounds like one of the, um, I don't want to say mantras, but one of the, the things that's most true about side hustles is you could start on a shoestring budget just to see if it works. <laughs> like you could start a, um, 
you know, a home organizing business without building a website and getting business cards, brochures, you know, you can just start, right? Yeah, Usually with the can. contacts you have on your phone. Yeah, there's, well, I don't have an audience, but it's like, well, everybody has a lifetime of email history contacts. Uh, you know, the average person has a couple hundred Facebook friends, LinkedIn connections, your neighborhood uh, peer group, even just like your homeowners, you know, people are just like thinking about like going around, dropping flyers off around, Hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. I, if I was starting a business tomorrow, I love power washing. Just like, it's just a very satisfying thing. to do. <laughs> I think it has kind of this viral potential, like, well, your neighbor sees you doing it. So he's like, Hey, would you come up? We wanted to, how much to do my, and you get to next? see the fruits of your labor. Like my son's a landscaper. He, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. not an easy job, but he gets to every day. He gets to see those perfect lines. Yes. It's that instant gratification, in you know? Um, oh my goodness. All right. We got about two minutes left. Um, Nick, I'm, what holds a lot of people back from starting a side hustle? I get starting a real, I don't want to say it's not a real business, but starting a business like full-time or going into whatever it is, that's certainly got more risk than a side hustle. So, and you've interviewed a lot of people on your, on your podcast. What, what holds most people back from even giving it a shot? Uh, the people I see kind of stuck on the entrepreneurial sidelines are the ones waiting for that lightning strike of inspiration with that never before seen business idea or that yeah you know, this is going to be perfect for me it's like you know it's in total alignment with my i you know my skills and and it's just i don't know i don't know if the perfect business idea exists maybe the perfect business idea is the one that you're willing to take action on to take that first yes. step even if you don't know steps two through ten like it's it's the you know, act of figuring it out as you go that really separates the the people who have success from it versus the ones who are kind of perpetually stuck in couldn't agree uh, more if, in idea mode. You don't have to know all the steps, but you got to step you got to take step one and see <laughs> and see where that takes you. Nick, um, how can people connect with you? I think I'm fascinated by the whole side hustle thing. You have the side hustle nation, so maybe that's the best place. But give some uh, contact information if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, we'd love to have you tune into the Side Hustle Show. It's uh, you can find it in any podcast app. It's you just search Side Hustle. It'd be the green cover art with my mug on it. Um, new business ideas uh, each each and every week. <laughs> SideHustleNation.com/ideas. If you are in that idea searching stage, this is my constantly updated laundry list of ideas. No opt-in required over there. And then uh, Jim mentioned a couple of the books as well as kind of. Um, you know, entry into the uh, realm of possibilities. And um, so let me just point out a couple of smart things Nick did. First of all, he gave you a couple of different places, how to connect, some, uh, collect some information for free, get, how to get the books, how to listen to his podcast. I mean, he's obviously done a lot of interviews, but if you're going to be doing that to promote yourself on podcasts, et cetera, he just did a very good job of doing that. Oh, you can reach me by my email. No, he did a really good job. So anyway, I applaud you and your your podcast guest skills there, Nick Loper. Well, the more, I mean, while we're talking about that, like if we want to, you know, deep dive on how to make a good podcast guest appearance, like the next level would be like, hey, for Jim's listeners, I put together a special bonus offer on, you know, this free worksheet on how to come up with your next business idea. Go to sidehustlenation.com slash Captain Jim. And, you know, but like, didn't put any of that together. So that would be kind of like next level, like to go straight for the jugular, like email capture, um, which I see a lot of people do. And it, you know, it can be very effective. Like, you know, what's the bonus? What's like kind of the, the logical next thing? Like after hearing this, that somebody might want to take action on, like what would be a, a way to capture that lead? Well, if I have you back sometime next year, you can, you can launch that, <laughs> launch that one when I ask you the question again. All right. Nick, thanks so much, man. It was great talking with you. 
You bet. Thanks. Hey, folks. That wraps up this very special interview with my guest, Nick Loper. I highly recommend you connect with him, learn from him, follow him. He's the real deal. He really knows a lot about Side Hustle. Great information on his website. He's a real real uh, giver and uh, server. He's really filling that uh, that niche very well. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. That's my home base. If Again, if you're interested in joining me in about 27, no, wait, 28 other smart entrepreneurs in the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, go to dreambizcoaching.com. Remember, you can get all six of my books handsomely displayed behind <laughs> me. They are free. It's part of my legacy building program. So at Amazon, the Kindle books are all free. They're free as Nook books at Barnes & Noble, which is BNN. And they're also in the iBook store. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Thanks a lot, Nick. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.